Welcome to Duct Tape and Paperclips. I'm Nathan Hartswick. And I'm Annie Russell. This is the show where we rewatch, review, and ridicule every episode of MacGyver for the first time since our childhoods. It's true. This is a very special live episode that you are listening to right now. We just screened season one, episode 12, along with our online audience here. And that episode is entitled Death Lock. Death Lock. Uh, yeah, and that online audience is still with us and uh, active in the chat right now. Um, they're going to be here with us throughout the show. They're going to bear witness to the recording of this episode. I'm excited to get into it. So, so good. Uh, I want to call call you out, Annie. Annie sent me a gift this week. I did. <laughs> and I want to show our online audience what that was. This is what I got. <laughs> and if you're just listening to the podcast and uh, not able to see this, Annie sent me a Minnesota license plate that says MacGyver on it. Yes, it is a Minnesota license plate that says MacGyver. Um, this is amazing. Where did you get it and why? Um, so I got that um, from a, I don't, I I don't have her name handy, but from this um, designer on Etsy who makes all of these different MacGyver things. And the reason why this spoke to me um, is because we've talked so many times about how the first season of MacGyver, we know next to nothing about this character. But the one thing we do know is that he's from Minnesota because they talk about it constantly. So yeah, I just felt uh, we have literally one piece of information about him and (laughs) we're going to put it on a license plate. Well, this is amazing. And I thank you very much. Uh, One thing I noticed, I mean, this is made of metal. And looks yeah. like a real license plate. And I, I thought, think it is. I think she uses like really illegal. Like it seems like something I could put on my car and get pulled over for um, <laughs> because it looks very real. I, I don't think you're meant to put it on your car. I, there's nothing illegal no. about having a license plate that's not on your car. Um, if but, I put it on my car. Yeah. Yeah. Don't uh, try to pass it off as uh, like proof that you've registered your vehicle. Uh, right. No, I won't. Um, I'm going to hang this up behind me like a, like a Joe Rogan cattle head. Oh, but know, yeah, part, that's who I w- my, really wanted you to be more like. Studio. So thank you for taking that <laughs> feedback. Um, um, also one thing you probably didn't know is, uh, it comes with a little dear customer. Thank you card that came in the, I'm sure this was an Etsy thing, but it has, yeah. you know, the website and all that stuff on it. On the back of it are six, Bible verses, <laughs> um, which I was like, I don't think Annie probably knows. No, that was not my intention. Wow. Uh, a lot of Romans, a okay. lot of John here. Um, just all I'm about gonna Christ I'm going to pretend Jesus. like I even know what that is. Uh, yeah. You know, so amazing. Um, I, this was my subtle way of just <laughs> yeah, letting you so. know that I feel like you need to um, just, you know, get, just, get, just, get right uh, with Accept Jesus Lord. as your personal Lord and Savior. Um, well, anyway, thank you for that. That really made my day. <laughs> um, um, we got to bring our, our guest on, don't we? We do. Uh, I Yes, yeah. I'm excited. Oh, my um, gosh. Our special guest for this live episode. Oh, my God. They're just a fantastic comedian. Uh, you've seen them on Netflix, Comedians of the World. Please welcome Deanne Smith. Oh, my gosh. Hi. Hi, buddy. How's it going? Good. So good. So good. So oh, good. It's great to see you. Before we jump into the episode, tell us what you're doing, what you're, what, how, how you're doing, and what's going on in your life and all of that stuff. Well, I, I am, I am chillin'. <laughs> That's my inside joke with myself. I'm never yeah. chilling. No, I'm, I'm but in I'm, on that joke. I know you. <laughs> <laughs> I am in Los Angeles at the cool. moment. Cool. Um, and I mean, I, I'm sure I'm up to something, but truly like the imagery of that episode, I can't even remember what my life was like before I saw that. <laughs> um, but I am 
currently in LA, you know, I'm doing some comedy things here and there. I got a monthly Zoom show going and I am getting the hell out of this country before the elections. I will be back in my home, Canada. Wow. That's everything about me. Wonderful. That's so jealous. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's great. You're going to be able to watch it from afar. Have you done so? You've done Zoom stuff. I'm assuming I haven't seen you do a whole lot of like outdoor nonsense. Uh, there are no, I, 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 I am absolutely paranoid. I don't want to hang out with anybody. Uh, I'm just doing yeah. like the every other week grocery run, and that's about it, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and listen, I struggled with confidence in the in the good times. Nothing <laughs> I have to say is worth endangering myself <laughs> or other people. I know that yeah. very clearly in the times of COVID. I think everybody yeah. <laughs> has like their own feelings on it. And, and yeah, I, let me yeah, say this. It, yeah. Oh, sorry. In in these uncertain times, though, how fucking satisfying is it to see a confident man like MacGyver just calmly <laughs> handling business? The most right? stressed he got was like a, a bit of a extra long exhale at some yeah. point. And it was just like, I didn't know what a balm to the soul in these times watching MacGyver yeah. would be. Yeah. yeah, he really doesn't let a lot get to him uh, to the point where you're like, does he understand the stakes of the situation? Uh, because he's not stressed at all uh, at in all. situations where I would be full on panicking. Yeah, yeah. I'd be stressed just about like the, the potential relationship implications this guy's getting himself into. He set this <laughs> woman up yeah, in some way. Very calm. What? Yes. Uh, speaking of MacGyver, what is your uh, history with this show? Have you Did you see it when you were younger or not? So, I, you know, the theme music was very familiar to me. I have to say I haven't, I didn't look up on it. Yeah, you know, I didn't look it up. I didn't do any research like beforehand, but I was like, I remember this. And I think I was probably about nine, eight or nine when this all happened. So I, I like can remember my dad watching it. You know, hmm. dads were yeah. very into MacGyver. <laughs> not only did dads like it, he was also kind of the dad you wished you had. Just like sure. a cool, calm guy that knew everything. Oh, yeah. I wish my dad actually knew how to do electrical work, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> as opposed to what he did do in our home. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure that is like part of the appeal or was part of the appeal for dads watching it, right? Is that like yes. everybody wants to be that guy who knows all the technical stuff and how to fix shit all the time. Yeah. Um, well, I, I want to let's jump into our discussion of it since we clearly are itching to talk about it um, uh, for the, our podcast audience and for people who have blocked out the last 45 minutes. Um, Annie, you want to give us a recap of the episode? <laughs> oh, I sure do. So uh, we did have an opening gambit. Listeners of this podcast will know that I now demand an opening gambit. I, I just I feel like it's better because when they don't have the completely different storyline before the opening credits, there is too much filler and in the episode <laughs> itself, in my opinion. I think, um, I'm not positive about this, but I'm fairly certain this is the last opening gamut of the season. No. no. Well, I had a feeling they were going away just because literally yeah. no other show does this. <laughs> um, but the opening gambit uh, for this particular episode, in order to smuggle microfilm out of East Berlin, like you do, MacGyver poses as a corpse in a coffin. He is discovered crossing the border, converts the coffin into a jet ski, and makes a daring river escape. Um, we'll talk about it, but I loved every single second of this and I thought it was amazing. (laughs) Then we get into the main episode. MacGyver goes into a safe house to deliver the intel to his handler, Pete Thornton, but the house is anything but safe as it has been booby trapped by quail. 
a mysterious international criminal with a vendetta against MacGyver for vague reasons. MacGyver thwarts Quail's traps, lures him out into the open, and incapacitates him, saving the day. That's the episode. Thank you. That's fantastic. All right. So we just want to talk uh, about kind of what worked for us and what didn't work for us and how it holds up now. Uh, But Deanne, what was your first impression? Uh, Only, I guess, having a passing awareness of MacGyver and the theme song in watching this 1986 television program. I mean, I do vaguely remember MacGyver and what he was all about. But my very first impression as as it opened is my first impression when I'm watching anything from the 80s, any movies, anything. It is just like, man... They had a lot of time in the 80s. Like they <laughs> could really just luxuriate on their way to wherever we were going yes. with with the theme song, with the credits, with <laughs> freaking all of it. Um, there was yeah. no need to get to a point or a punchline or anything yeah. quickly. Uh, did not seem to happen because it's like you'll you'll watch the someone you'll watch someone like get out of their car and walk into a building the entire way from the sidewalk and you're like why don't you just cut into we know where he's going we know how walking works yeah (laughs) (laughs) um let's talk about the opening gambit annie why did you love it so much i loved it so much because like are you trying to tell me that you were expecting the jet ski to come out of that uh, coffin. No, not like, at all. I was completely uh, <laughs> surprised and delighted by it when it <laughs> happened because I was so confused when they were throwing the coffin over the side of a bridge. I was like, how is this solving anyone's issue here? Um, I could not figure out, you know, for all the time they had, it was not clear why that was happening. Uh, and then to see that uh, jet ski pop out of it and like a jet <laughs> ski made out of wood. Um, and cool. we're meant to believe he anticipated getting thrown in the river. Right. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad it was a mystery to you guys as well. Yeah. Cause I'm like, am I already missing something? And then I was What's like, Oh, am yeah. I ignorant of like a funeral uh, cultural thing in East <laughs> Berlin <laughs> that we always throw the coffin over the bridge. Yeah. Right. Burial so I did look that up quickly. That is not a thing. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was very confusing that he knew that was going to happen compared to other opening gamuts that we've seen on this show, like 10 out of 10. <laughs> I think I think I like the way in which he was standing on the and I think we're being generous when we call it a jet ski. But the way <laughs> in which he was standing on that wooden scooter yeah. was the least heroic stance I have ever seen anyone take just ankles fully together just his legs on the tiniest square inch of space there could possibly be (laughs) through the water not moving particularly quickly yeah yeah or just a goodbye but the wave to the germans at the end oh the like little circle in the water and the wave like yes and they start in my opinion they stopped shooting him uh shooting at him pretty prematurely like they were very (laughs) very quickly they're like never mind this is going nowhere and then he's still in full view waving at them It, it just seemed like they they let him go rather quickly amazing uh, you know I'm going to say it, Annie. Um, most of the footage does not come from MacGyver. Yes, <laughs> um, I know. This is this is something that we've run into before. Um, the 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 makers of MacGyver like to uh, pull out old movie footage and build an entire action sequence <gasps> around it. Really? So mm-hmm. much of what you saw was not shot for MacGyver. That's um, so cool. You you would think so. <laughs> um, there's uh, there have been several uh, several times this has happened before. Um, I thought it might be fun for our our viewers tonight 
to show them a little bit of the original movie from which this yes. Yes. Uh, stuff came. Uh, so Sam's got it queued up. It is called Funeral in Berlin. And uh, see if you recognize anybody in this clip. Oh, my God. They're the mourners. <gasps> <gasps> That's why the cars were so old? Yes. Oh this God. was shot in like... I feel figure it so out. stupid for not noticing. It felt so 60s and I it didn't is. understand why. <laughs> it's like yeah. 67 or something. Yep. And it was really shot in, in Berlin as well. Wow. So we have the coffin, all the footage. Yep. Different music. So they just buy this footage? How I think they just work? have it in the archives, right? They probably oh. own it. This is yeah, this is not the first time. The Italian job is the most high profile thing that they have Stolen ripped. From, yeah. Um and this was apparently gonna be something that they did early on in the show, that they were gonna try to create all these gambits around uh, old movies and they quickly realized <laughs> it was an untenable like that is the least sustainable right, yeah. like idea for a, Just a pulling out episode where movies. there's 23 yeah. episodes a season yeah i would like to see macgyver like sped up silent movie against like fast piano yeah. though that would be right. a lot of fun full disclosure i edited this scene because <laughs> it was pretty long and we thank you for that yeah <laughs> love the music though I actually, what, what ends up happening is I go back and I look at some of the footage from whatever they've ripped it off from and end up wanting to watch that movie. Well, it certainly makes more sense in this film. Yeah, well, see, so <laughs> they made the, the coffin made it all the way across the bridge. Clearly them chucking him off the off the bridge was their addition. All right, now see if we recognize anybody in this next Final sequence payment. here. He might suffocate while you're <gasps> counting Oh my God. Get him out. So this is the second Close. Michael Caine movie second they've stolen Michael from. Michael Caine stolen really? footage. <laughs> wow. I can't tell from the music. Do you think that was something good or something bad that happened at the end there? Something unexpected, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was Funeral in Berlin from like the 60s, Michael Caine movie, which we have uh, uh, ripped off footage from. I love it. Uh, amazing. All right, so let's jump into the actual uh, episode. Uh, oh, what did you guys think about this tribunal scene with <laughs> the in the dark? Oh, love a shadowy tribunal. Yeah, <laughs> vibes with were strong. Three, four distinctly di different accents, right, from the different actors. That tells you it's an international tribunal. <laughs> yes, I was very confused because I assume that they're all known to each other. So why sure. are we in the pitch black? Like I could <laughs> not understand why we needed that. <laughs> Um, and I assume the person who's working for them also knows who they are. So like, right. it just, it felt off to me and it felt like we were trying to, uh, do like a star Wars thing. It, it just felt yeah. strange. Yeah. I love the kind of like, there's no gray area. This is clearly the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. These are all bad guys because they're in the dark and they're speaking with accents. I have to say that was another really satisfying thing that I wasn't expecting about watching MacGyver. It was just all, it's just all so clear mm -hmm. and relaxed. <laughs> There's absolutely no question about what, these are sweaty men with accents in the dark. They are up to no good. There's right. no nuance, you know, Walter White, is he really good? Is he really yeah. bad? What, yeah. Nothing to parse out here. And you find this that is, like yeah. comforting in these times? Is that what you're saying? I, I really did. I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't ready yeah. for how comforting and soothed I would be by this entire episode. <laughs> Yeah, so this funny. is pre like Tony Soprano, like complicated <laughs> hero. Like exactly. we're not doing any of that. We're just we're getting quail um, and quail is bad. Uh, but also we're not going to kill quail because MacGyver is good. Uh, very clear cut. Wait, was quail not not completely fried at the end? He was just just electrocuted, but not dead. 
Correct. Yeah. Because they yeah. said, let's, uh, he said, we're, let's wrap him up and I guess they could, he could have been dead. <laughs> wrap up the body. They could have been, but, but it would be way out of, uh, yeah, out, out of character. Out like, of character does, from MacGyver. Okay. Typically no guns, people. no murder. Okay. Right. Yeah. Right, right. Because Quail was going to be a bargaining chip. They got to get Karen's brother out. Okay. It's all coming together. Oh, Karen's it's, brother. Yeah. Karen's Which, brother, once again, like you someone. You might remember her screaming about him. <laughs> she screamed <laughs> him. Not his name. We still no. have, know nothing about him or why he's in the situation he's in. Oh, my gosh. Uh, we might as well talk about uh, the beginning scene, uh, you know, on the skyscraper. They land in a helicopter and the red Porsche pulls up. Um, uh, did you guys notice anything strange or unusual about the helicopter there? I, I put that in the chat and some people some people noticed it. That it took off with the with the door still open of the chopper. Is that what you're referring to? Yes, yes. Yeah, there's this little moment which you're wondering, why did they leave this in? It looks weird uh, that this uh, helicopter takes off with the door wide open. Um, and it's only like five seconds long. I think we have that too, right, Sam? Maybe we can show people what it looked like. So here's the moment at the beginning over the credits. And this chopper just takes <laughs> off with the door wide open. <laughs> um, oh, that does not seem safe. No, it does not. And uh, we, we have a fun little surprise here. Listeners of this podcast may remember a few episodes ago, we had another helicopter scene. And I brought a friend of mine onto the podcast who is a helicopter pilot to ask him about it. Um, and we're going to do that here tonight. This is so cool. Please welcome to our Zoom chat, Lincoln Maisie, helicopter fi- pilot for the state of Maine. Hello. Thank God for helicopter scenes in MacGyver. I get to I know, right? Uh, I, I thought expert. I, I clearly, I really thought at the end of our last conversation that it would be the last time I talked to you about MacGyver for a while. <laughs> and then two episodes later, I'm like, what the fuck is going on with that door? Uh, so, I noticed in the title sequence is another scene with a helicopter. So maybe I'm coming back a third time. Oh, yeah, you're right. He's jumping up and grabbing a hold of one. We haven't oh, that was, seen the last see- helicopter of this series. No, I don't- they're going to be So tell us, what the hell was happening with that moment when the door was wide open? So that what happened was the pilot was getting into something called ground resonance, which is a very serious and dangerous uh, phenomenon for helicopters. And I've been trying to think of a way to talk about it, sim- make it a little simpler. And the best I could come up with is have you ever done a load of wash in your washing machine when it all goes to one side and the washing machine starts shaking like it's going to come apart? Yes. Yeah. And it says like unbalanced load if you have a new enough washing machine, I guess. So a similar, similar thing was happening there. The, the rotor system, those rotor blades, there's three of them on that model. They all move in a circle, obviously, but they all move independently of one another too. They move forward and backwards and up and down each individual blade and if they get into a certain situation and it starts to imbalance um, the rest of the aircraft, it will literally start shaking itself apart. And really the only option for the pilot at that point is to take off, which is what that pilot did with the doors oh open. Because if he had stayed on the ground, it would have gotten worse and worse and worse. And eventually the helicopter would have just come into pieces. So that is what you're supposed to do. If you yeah, absolutely yep. take back you off. have to take off. Even if you're, you've got doors open. Yeah, because the, uh, the the situation that's exasperating it is that you are in contact with the ground, and hopefully, when you lift off into the air, the rotors all rebalance themselves, and everything's back hmm. to normal. Wow, interesting. So I'm so that this is something that like was a they were seriously what seconds away from catastrophe if yeah, they hadn't taken I, off. Yeah, absolutely. It would not have taken long. You can actually find videos online of, of them doing tests of it, and it's it's very quickly where the helicopter just starts coming apart. Wow. 
Have you felt that before and had to do that? No. No. <laughs> no. He's like, Thanks no, I know what I'm what? doing. Don't even, <laughs> don't even ask him that kind of question. Wow, that's crazy. And it so, it so, is rare that it happens on that type of helicopter with the, the skids. There are some helicopters that are on wheels, and that it's more likely to happen with a helicopter on wheels because of the struts and the way they're all the th- all the different struts in the landing gear can act independently as well. So it's more likely to happen in that type of helicopter. So it's rare that it would happen in, in the one in the show. Hmm. Wow. And so, I, I mean, in a, in a, in the responsible situation, they probably would have just gone, done another take, right? <laughs> like, like why is it still in the show? That's what I want to know. I'm assuming you know? helicopters are expensive, Nathan. What kind of budget do you think they have? Right. Right. You think they were like, that's good enough. Uh, like we'll end the hour there. I mean, I, I, I would guess that no one ever knew. I, I bet the pilot didn't say anything and the helicopter company didn't say anything. And maybe someone <laughs> was like, that's <laughs> weird. The door's open. But I doubt they pulled that. Yeah. The pilot's just like, do, do, do. It was all <laughs> yeah, fine. Right. Things are he just flew away and never came back. <laughs> exactly. Uh, awesome. Well, that's uh, terrifying. And uh, thank you for explaining it to us in, in a term that we can understand. I hope it never happens to you. And thanks so much for, for joining us and explaining that to us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It was great. I, I loved watching the episode, yes. Do you, do you think Richard Dean Anderson is as cool and collected as MacGyver? Or, or I, I would love it if he was like watching the helicopter take off. Like, Jesus Christ, you guys, what's going to happen? <laughs> the door's open. Just a totally different guy than MacGyver. Right, right. I don't it's, know. I can't imagine anyone being as calm as MacGyver. <laughs> MacGyver is so cool. He, yeah, he never gets riled calm. up. But yeah, <laughs> Kat says RDA is my baby daddy. <laughs> okay. I love this cat person. Um, I mean, I, I would just like to back up and tell you why I missed the helicopter door. You said, is there anything? I missed the whole entire helicopter scene because I was making mm. notes and I just wrote down, quote, kind of sexy, which is what my girlfriend said. <laughs> I, had a, I had to double check with someone who's generally and at times attracted to men. I'm like, what's the deal okay. with MacGyver? She was like, kind of sexy. Okay. That's- so I was just <laughs> making that correct. Note. Yeah. No, that's I. he always looks great. Um, I love the outfits in general. This, I love that they had that matching thing going on with the. They really did. They were both in blousy white shirts, leather belts, tan pants, and yeah. pretty much the same hair. Yeah. Very similar, very similar hair. But Nathan, you know what I'm going to say. Uh, we meet, we meet this woman and immediately the two of them are kissing, um, which is not. <laughs> In, in any way unique on this show, um, yeah. will, a woman will, will appear, they will be making out immediately. I don't know how this happens. If this has but happened the- to you, please put it in the chat. It never <laughs> in my life has it, has it not taken, you know, four, uh, years for me to kiss someone. Uh, just, right. I cannot, this is immediate for these people. Four years, Annie. Um, yeah, yeah that- that's, I'm shy, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I, that, it is a thing we've noticed where people get very close to MacGyver very fast. He gets very close to them. They get very close to him. But it didn't. Uh, this was a little different because he 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 made that like unnecessary sexist uh, yes. predatory overture right away, which he doesn't always do. Usually it's just, hey, we're in the same situation together and they're acting was, a little too buddy buddy. Was the first kiss not though part of the cover? Because she's like, sweetheart, it, it was. Here. It absolutely okay. was. That was the the basis for it. Um, I felt 
unnecessary. There, no. there were any number of ways you could have gotten that out was, of that. That was, I think, that was supposed to be funny in that he was quote unquote like taking advantage of the situation. Well, you've established that we're together, so I'm going to take advantage of it and steal make a makeout sesh with you. Is that does that track? <laughs> Yeah, sure. I, I don't want to miss this very important thing in the chat here. I don't know if you've noticed Kat who said RDA is her baby daddy. She's she, or they. I, I'm sorry, Kat. I don't know your pro pronouns. I'm going to go with they call themselves a full blown lesbo. Um, and then Caitlin says, who would you want to see starring in the lesbian re reboot? Oh, that's a driver? fantastic Ooh. question. Because like there a really is a reboot, reboot, but nobody seems to. Nobody's telling us to watch the reboot. Nobody seems to like it. But I think never a, have I heard that piece of feedback. <laughs> a, but a a lesbian helmed MacGyver. Uh, who would that be? I'm just trying to think. Who is like as cool and collected as MacGyver? I mean, okay, I'm I'm gonna throw out a name, and this is gonna be controversial, maybe. But like we've said before, MacGyver has a an almost like suicidal attitude toward the situations <laughs> that he's in. Like he is very, <laughs> he is so calm to the point where you're like, what is happening? I get the same vibe from like a Kristen Stewart. Like I feel. <laughs> oh yes. Very calm. Richard yeah. said Kate McKinnon. I was also kind of thinking Kate McKinnon, but I think Kristen Stewart, I think you've nailed it. Yeah. semi-suicidal vibes her. yeah just the <laughs> semi like i am so chill uh because i do not fear death um that's what i'm <laughs> what i'm getting i think you're onto something well so so yeah we have this very sexist uh, opening scene and then we get to the mansion and we find out what's going on in the mansion what were your opinions on the mansion i mean i noticed early on i don't know exactly when this happens but like when quail when we realize it's all rigged did did everybody else catch because i wasn't part of the chat early on where quail goes trick or treat it's april fools <laughs> <laughs> i did that, not put that together yeah i did not pick up was, on that um I think that wow, wow. generally his phrases, his dialogue was so over the top. And I am, I feel like I'm particularly sensitive to it because in radio, I'm constantly saying as an editor, like people don't speak that way. People don't speak that way. Rewrite it more conversationally. Hmm. Every sentence that came out of his <laughs> mouth was something a normal human being would not say. Perfect point. Um, trick or treat, <laughs> April Fools. It's a trick or treat. It's April Fools. No, that's like what a nine-year-old would say. <laughs> it was. Uh, it's like a shitty prequel to Home Alone, as someone said in the chat earlier. And I also felt when he was talking about, um, she's a mole, but she's a perfect collaborator. Like none of that made sense to me at all. Yeah. Yeah, this, I mean, and this trope too is such a, I mean, the 80s were full of villains who were like uh, not traditionally masculine enough and dressed in suits and the evil machinations of this sort of like f the this Brit who talks flowery was a real trope, yes. I think. I literally wrote down the word camp about yeah. Quail. So it's like, oh, it's very yeah. like arch 60s kind of yeah. villain, which yeah, I thought yeah. was great. I thought, I thought he was perfectly cast. I, I really could not picture that guy doing anything other than what he was doing. <laughs> right. <laughs> Role of a lifetime, uh, truly. Um, we finally get to meet Pete, who is, we've uh, been kind of bemoaning for the first uh, nine episodes or so that there, MacGyver has no boss, nobody he answers to, nobody who sends him on these missions. Um, and we finally get to meet Pete. Uh, the previous episode, Pete was in, but they were filmed out of order. So this was 
technically supposed to be our introduction to Pete. Um, and he's going to go on to become like MacGyver's handler, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, man, that cell phone, pretty snazzy. What did he call it? Did he call it his radio <laughs> phone? His radio, radio phone. phone. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, yeah, the, the only other thing about the mansion when we first got, it's just uh, other people brought this up in the chat, but like, how long did this guy have to rig this? Um, it was just very <laughs> sophisticated for what yes. came together very quickly. Uh, there were uh, what looked like machine guns just shooting um, at every entrance of the home. <laughs> Different things were ro- wired for electrocution capabilities. Like it just felt like a, a lot. Sedative. A we lot had a sedative in a in a in a, a sedative doorknob. in a doorknob. Um, that was a delicate touch. There was no need mm-hmm. for that to be so gentle. She barely grazed that, and she was down. That that poor woman early on. Um, yeah, the humble Mrs. Chung. She just loves solving puzzles. <laughs> Not to <Right>. mention the <laughs> full-on control well, room that he had in the house. Um, it seems like he right? could have been off-site for that. I don't know why he needed to be on-site. I loved that. I loved all of the blinking lights and the weird whirring noises and the whole thing and the fact that there was an aquarium in the room. I oh, I miss it. the aquarium. Holy <laughs> it's cow. literally fish in a tank. Uh, well, since we're talking about the house and about, about the various booby traps of the house, I do have uh, another special Yay. guest. I, wanted to, uh, I <laughs> thought I'd bring in my friend Rex, who is uh, a security systems installer. Uh, he owns uh, Vermont Royal Group, and uh, he put the, the security system in our comedy club. <laughs> I thought he'll have some good things to say about this. So let's bring him in. Rex Acavolo, everybody. Hey, Nathan. You're here. How you doing? Good. How are you? Great. Uh, so you watched this earlier today, yes? Yeah, I watched it uh, this afternoon. And wh- what are your thoughts about this incredibly complicated system? Is this something that you could set up for us if we contracted you? Oh, uh, <laughs> we could. Yeah, it was. I got a kick out of it. It was pretty. <laughs> it was pretty good because I was trying to think, especially during that time. Like, yeah, that would. It would nowadays. I mean, that would take us weeks. You know, it'd be very involved, very expensive. I got a kick out of how clear the audio quality and the video quality was in all the rooms. <laughs> yeah. Are we are we just gonna breeze right by Rex being like, I could absolutely sell that up, set that up. There were multiple machine, machine guns. guns right? yeah, well, there was with the, incredible <laughs> amounts of ammo. Like exception. Uh, yeah. Okay. With, yeah. Without the machine guns. So how often do you use full suits of armor in your work? Um, that, was, that played in pretty heavily. Yeah, right. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff that, that uh, we wouldn't be able to do. But So what, what, are, what were the things where you were like, okay, that has some basis in reality, and what were things that you flagged as uh, totally unrealistic? So I guess like partially in the command center, you know, that he had set up, like switching between all the cameras in the rooms, that's, that was realistic at that time in the 80s with what you call a multiplexer. You'd be able to do that with these analog cameras that are all hardwired with coaxial cable. That was real. Um, you could technically talk between rooms, but the way he was doing it, like they didn't have audio built into the cameras at that time. So mm. that was kind of iffy. Um, the one that really kind of cracked me up was uh, when he put the the hole in the bowl and put it on the blender and just started yeah. spinning it for the RF jamming. And uh, that I was like, no, that's <laughs> like <laughs> the, the camera view started going staticky and black and white. And that's not. So that I have to follow up about that because that <laughs> seems so crazy to me because isn't 
in order to do that, don't you need to be on the exact same frequency as the thing you're trying to interfere with? Is that true? Correct. Yeah, you would need to be on the same frequency. Um, so how how would turning on a blender and a food processor <laughs> at the same time um, <laughs> factor into that? Yeah, it really wouldn't. And especially, I think the main point in that is that the camera system was all hardwired and he was in the house. So everything was analog, hardwired, local. There was no wireless. You know, his audio would have been hardwired at that time in the 80s too. Right. He would have had to pull cables out of the wall to, to yeah. sever the connection. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I guess he could have done very easily. <laughs> yeah. This is where I learned the word heterodyne because yeah. uh, MacGyver used it as a verb. I immediately wrote it down, <laughs> looked it up. It means jam the radio frequency. Huh. Heterodyne. <laughs> yeah. Heterodyne. I have not heard of that. And Rex, Rex said m most of this is accurate, Nathan. Um, and the control room, Rex, you said the control room part was really accurate. Nathan, what you don't know is that every time the security is up and running at the club, Rex is in a tiny control room inside the club. <laughs> just to <laughs> die on everything. With an aquarium and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, even just if you took... If you took the realistic parts of his system and tried to build it into a house in the mid 80s, it mm -hmm. would have taken forever, right? Oh, yeah. And it just would have, at that time, it would have been so astronomically expensive to do yeah. that. You know what right. I mean? Like, it could be so, it'd still be really expensive to do it today with today's technology. It would have taken forever, but it still would have been finished before the opening credits started rolling <laughs> on MacGyver. Yeah. <laughs> well, he did only have like a half a day. They sent him directly from that shadowy room to the mansion and he didn't have a lot of time. So I was shocked at how complete this system was. Yeah. Uh, has it, no one's ever asked for any kind of uh, automatic weapons or anything like that? <laughs> What's the most extreme no. thing I can do to intruders in my home with a security system? Can I electrocute them? That, uh, yeah, I got a kick out of that. What is the weirdest thing someone's asked you to do, Rex? Mm, <laughs> or like the shadiest thing? Yeah, so you always get, I've gotten a couple of inquiries about obviously like hidden cameras, which we wouldn't do unless we had, unless it was a special circumstance for a commercial like business application. Mm -hmm. Wait, people always want hidden cameras in their home? I've had, I've been asked a couple of times and we obviously, obviously, absolutely not. That's not yeah. something wow. we do. Um, but uh, we, we wouldn't do electric fence. It's more of fence detection. So it would tell you. So if I went out and rattled the fence, it would send you an alert and tell you like where at the fence I was. You could talk through cameras. There's microphones and cameras. You can set a virtual line on a camera. So if a camera is viewing like a backyard and if I cross this virtual line, it turns a light on and, you know, plays a pre-recorded message or something. Ooh, what are some of the pre-recorded messages? Anything you want. You could record yourself. Get the fuck out of my yard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trick or treat. It's April Fool's. <laughs> yeah. As we oh, all say every yeah. year. Well, this is awesome. Uh, uh, thank you so much, Rex, for coming on and explaining this stuff to us. And, uh, you know, you, you can put a like an estimate together for me. On yeah. This, but uh, <laughs> I appreciate you coming on. Oh, of course. I had fun. I've never seen it before. So it was fun to, to watch. There is, there is, I feel like one last like big thing is the reveal um, that, and I'm sorry, I don't actually remember her name, even though I have watched this episode twice. <laughs> this Karen? Woman, Karen. Yeah. So Karen. They um, said her name a hundred yeah, times. I know. They I always know. do. I, 
it's uh, they say every name in this show. I think yeah. I must have uh, have that blocked because they also <laughs> say MacGyver's name way more than is necessary. Uh, the revelation that she is actually this double agent and then the immediate, um, you know, MacGyver calling her out on it and finding out this info about her brother uh, was just one of the least satisfying reveals <laughs> that yeah. I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> It was very tacked on. It was very like you're really supposed to be blown away by the twist. And I very much did not care. <laughs> and was it is this not in keeping with the other MacGyver episodes you've seen? Like are, are twists and turns a little do they pack more punch usually? No, <laughs> I mean, no, they're there. OK, okay. I, I, I'm not going to go as far as to say that. I feel like there was something about this um character of karen that i especially did not uh connect to and it's just because yeah. we just got so little um information about her and even when we we get this reveal that it's like okay they have her brother in some capacity it's like we're spending so much time on on these like tricks um some of which work some of which don't um and we have no information about like how they get her brother what was her brother doing? Like, I got nothing. Why is he her only yeah, family? Exactly. There's a lot of unanswered I questions. I got nothing here. to connect to uh, with this, yeah. and so that, that yeah. Part. And they and and this is a common thing too. Is like like that moment when she blurts out, "They've got my brother." Uh, is so. <laughs> Uh, it just felt like that felt to me, yes, it's overacting, but it also felt like maybe there was in the original draft more dialogue for her that like ramped up sure. that like that anxiety for her character. And they just cut all that out because they needed to make room for whatever gadgets. Five more minutes of a casket. More blender stuff. Uh, like it's like a, a hanging chad of the script where it's like, oh, she just screams out, he's I've got my brother and I don't care because you haven't invested me in her character, you know? Yeah, it did. It felt out of the blue and it also felt like MacGyver could not care less that she was trying to uh, go behind his back. He's been double crossed before. Cool. Yeah, yeah. He, he thought he probably knew earlier than we thought than we knew. He knew at the beginning kind of was what he said. So he's been making out with her for no reason, knowing that <laughs> she's probably. It. Yeah, he could taste he it. He could taste it on those lips. <laughs> oh, uh, what about this? Stay low, move fast, think smart. And if you go, take company along. I could not find any other instance of this on the internet. <laughs> is this something anyone knows anything about? Oh, the, the this is what they quote to each other. Yeah, they quote MacGyver. it as though it's a line that they both know from something. I was or it's like, the I know Marine it's not Oath. a Walt Whitman poem. Um, that was the only <laughs> thing I was able to put together. I was like, I don't think um, it's any part of uh, what they recite in Dead Poets Society. So I got nothing. <laughs> I don't Although, know. is Walt Whitman the body electric guy? Because that would have fit right in. He could have. Oh, my God. Uh, no, I put this uh, in all sorts of ways into Google, and all I could come up with was this MacGyver episode. <laughs> it was their personal motto you know because like with your friends you always have a personal thing you quote to each other in really stressful time sensitive situations right. um <laughs> that's five lines long yeah well link lincoln in the chat made a fantastic point which is that they quote that to each other and then pete immediately leaves alone yeah. <laughs> after saying take company along all right hold it steady for me will you What about the scene? What do you all think about the sort of 
the couple of scenes, we have the thing with the knight, the the machine guns in the foyer that kind of like snake around with the smoke screen. What you guys, what did you think of those MacGyverisms? Uh, I mean, the smoke screen like was not effective. I mean, no. I could see them. Everyone could see them. Yeah, or they necessary because <laughs> they could have just run out of the room. They were visible on the cameras. Like yeah. it was, that was that was another thing. I don't know. I don't remember who said it, but I don't, somebody said my dad used to say. You can't shoot what you can't see. Right. And I'm like, in what context? What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it touches, it kills. These are your last minutes. Enjoy them. Uh, just so delicious. This guy, I just thought this guy is the, the hackiest Shakespearean actor in his community theater troupe. Uh, <laughs> just having so much that fun. That explains a lot. Just chewing up the scenery in this. I would love to play a character like this. It must be just so much fun to be that crazy evil just over the top over the top and just no shame really <laughs> i mean we're just i did like the uh rolling cart thing i thought that was fun yeah richard in the chat pointed out that it was a battery operated mixer that he was adding batteries to but um <laughs> uh, but overall it was kind of a fun and satisfying macgyverism i yeah. i was just astounded at how long like how much ammo w was in those machine guns? Yes, <laughs> just yeah. minutes and minutes of minutes. <laughs> yes, um, yeah. The the ending here in the basement was so fun. Um, I wrote down his line was something to the effect of, "I'm a geometric rarity. There's only one side, myself." Um, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, my guy, MacGyver's last line of, "Gosh, and all this time I thought you were just scum." I thought I haven't heard the word scum as like a euphemism for asshole mm -hmm. in like 30 years. It was such a satisfying word uh, that nobody ever uses anymore to describe another and that, human being. Those are real fighting words for Quail because yeah. that's when he was about to shoot. He wasn't even right. ready to shoot yet, but yeah. as soon as he was called scum, right, that right. guy was on it. That's a big. That's a big deal. And then this one's free of charge. <laughs> and then he just oh, beautiful. <laughs> also, I just love that he said the he said the he said the line, the quip before he punched him. So it was a real like, I'm gonna waste three seconds when I could be punching you saying this line. Yeah, the the end scene for me was I, I just felt like it was so silly to have Karen then go back and be like, hey, what's going on? We're on the same <laughs> side. Like it's like that time has passed. No one is fully sure what side you're on. Just don't even worry about it. It's I don't like, know. I thought I, uh, I appreciated it because I, I knew what she was doing. Like, and I think he did too. Like I knew yeah. he, she was just trying to get him to not shoot and uh, for long enough. And she played him and, you know, we, and the whole moment when she unloads the machine gun, we're like, Ooh, he, she was on his side. It's like a nice little final twist kind of thing. But she did get the chance to push him into harm's way. Right. Yeah. That was fun. So she had a bit of agency there, which was, you know, for a woman in the 80s, not bad. Right. She had very little agency in this episode. <laughs> um, yeah. The, I looked her up and she has done a whole handful of TV and stuff, but she mostly does voiceover now. And she is the voice of Francine Smith on American Dad. Oh, um, wow. Okay. Which I thought was kind of a cool bit of trivia. Sam says, what about that third weird kiss? And I will say, mm. I think that third weird kiss is why I got the idea as a kid that kissing was this, you know, when you just put your lips up to someone else's <laughs> lips and, mm -hmm. and just sort of move your head around and yeah. just move your head back and forth. That's yeah. what I thought passionate kissing was. And it could have been because of that very same MacGyver episode. Yeah. It could have been. Yeah. It, uh, I, third weird kiss. Yeah. It was unnecessary. Certainly. It was the third one we saw. Uh, it was, yeah, very. But it was the first one she instigated. 
good for her. I know. I know. I don't uh, understand. It is uncomfortable to watch this show uh, with a modern lens and and realize that this kind of like uh, a man roughly taking a woman in his arms and forcibly kissing her was somehow supposed to kind of like feel charming or mm-hmm. cute. It's just so gross. And it and I, I, I'm sure not everybody bought it back then, but it does seem like a cultural shift, I hope, <laughs> that that was just such a, it's such a hard thing to watch now. I'm supposed to be like charmed by this guy because he's yeah. taking and- advantage of her and grabbing her and forcibly kissing her and Richard points out that the kisses were strange because of that background music went from saxophone to flute to like triumphant you know victory right. music which uh yeah you're you never know uh what you're supposed to feel no <laughs> I mean that's how I build all of my sex playlists pretty much yeah. saxophone to flute <laughs> to triumphant and credit music so I think that tracks as far as I'm concerned I think the important thing about all three of those kisses is that they were passionless <laughs> yes. sure were. I think we should rate this thing. What do you think, Annie? Yes, I'm I'm so excited to to rate this. We are trying to figure out what the best episode of MacGyver is. Ooh. Uh, is this it, rated on a scale of one to water ski? So <laughs> it's it is so uh, it's getting harder because we've seen more and more of these. But yeah, we're going to rate this episode. It's a rapid fire game. So each of us will score Deathlock from a one to ten on specific categories. Um, oh, cool. So Nathan, do you want to run down the categories? And I think yeah. we might have a way for the folks in attendance to participate too. Yes, right? we do. Uh, yeah, we have uh, four different categories and we were, we're all... Each the, the three of us are going to each uh, rate them one to ten, but also the audience can throw their uh, their votes in this little poll thing I'm about to put in here. Um, they won't really count uh, other than to try to uh, sway us. So if we look at the numbers in the chat um, and, it, and it sways us one way or the other, then uh, uh, we will take that into consideration. Okay. So our first question, is, and I've put it in the poll here, is how exciting was this episode on a, on a scale of one to ten? And Deanna's our guest first. Nine. <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> I love that. Um, I don't know what you're rating that against, but that's fantastic. Just, I think I'm rating it against regular COVID life and uh, nine. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, compared to COVID life. Yeah, sure. 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 Uh, what about you, Annie? What oh, you my God. You know, I'm going to weigh this opening gambit really heavily because I was... <laughs> excited i was like i felt a shiver run down my spine when he uh popped out of that coffin and turned it into that jet ski so um i'm going eight on this awesome yes wow that's amazing it's amazing that you like this gambit so much i i found it to be like I was like, oh, this is this felt very old school Hollywood to me. It felt like some very old producer or director was like, we'll get we'll go back to the harken back to the 1960s and that era Cold War. It was just very it felt very old fashioned to me. Yeah, I loved I loved uh, Cold War era (laughs) German (laughs) um, history. So I was sure sure. Um, I'm going to go back and watch that Michael Caine movie for sure. Uh, I'll give it, uh, I'm going to give it a seven and a half. Um, we have, uh, we, the, the poll here I have, uh, is differs slightly. We have votes for four, five, six, and seven. Um, okay. Our next question is, uh, one through 10 acting and writing. That's one category. Gosh. Well, okay. I want to rate the actors individually because I think different people were doing different things. (laughs) Mrs. Chung, 
I fully believed as a person. <laughs> I, I, she had very few lines. I can see her life. I can, you know, yep, Mrs. Yep. Chung, very real. Um, I loved Quail. Hmm. God, I don't want to say Karen let me down, but she worked with what she had. So, right. <laughs> God damn, we're doing acting and writing together. I know, I know. It's tough. I did appreciate some of those lines. I'm, I'm going to give it a six. Okay. I I feel mean, like if, it, if it matters, we've got that feels votes right to me. for, we've got a couple of votes for two, one for three, <laughs> and one for five. Um, um, I'm giving this a four. Um, a four? Yeah. yeah. I was actually going to go with I, five. So I that think Quail was, was too much for me. Okay. Too I mean, much I man do. for me to handle. <laughs> See, Quail know. is what put it up to a six for me. Mrs. Yeah. Chung and Quail, I think oh we're doing God. great. Mrs. Chung, <laughs> I have zero notes for. I love Mrs. Chung was fine. She, I, she nailed it. She was perfect. Uh, oh, yes. Solving a puzzle. I think we've already taken care of that. And can we just, uh, I just love a TV show that ends in a freeze frame. It's so satisfying. And then we get to yes. see the slideshow of all the best parts of the episode over the credits. It's such an 80s thing. I love it. Um, innovation. How innovative was were MacGyver's like MacGyverisms in this episode? Oh, wow. So the, the I mean, gadgets, the tricks, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think we we got to give it up for the coffin water ski, which I, you know, right. I absolutely did not see coming. Now, I, I have a, I want to play devil's advocate there because this is one of the How reasons I didn't like you. this gambit. I didn't, I didn't like this gambit because it wasn't a MacGyverism. Like he nope. grabs things in his environment and creates something right. on the spot. And this is something that had clearly been made by his handlers for to get him out of East Berlin. And it, it he didn't do anything. He just was the passenger. And he stood on that little square and waved. But I felt like it wasn't as inventive as his. He did also press a button. Don't forget that. He part. did, yeah. <laughs> but the, but he has an, a, a bunch of other things that are innovative. But I felt like that yeah. didn't count. Okay, so what's in this episode? He's got that uh, radio interference thing, that bully yep. thing. Yep. He's got the cart, but I feel like using the armor as a man—that's pretty—that's pretty typical. That seems cliche to me. Yeah. It's very man okay, shape, right. uh, you know. Yep. Make a meatloaf in the shape of a man. There's other stuff you could do. Um, I, I can't exactly. I would rate love this to see a meatloaf other. explode into a million pieces <laughs> as the machine had, guns. Yeah, he had the kitchen. He had a lot of other opportunities, I think, to make something in the shape of a person. So, yeah. it maybe maybe it didn't feel that innovative to me. I'm gonna. I'm going to put it right in the middle. I'm going to give it a right. five. Great. What do you think, Annie? Um, you know, I think I agree with five. I think there were a couple of, of good things, um, okay. but I did not like the radio frequency trick. Um, the cart thing I thought was, was pretty cool. Um, and mm. we've run through my feelings on the jet ski. I think it was me. <laughs> you love that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not. I, I don't think that that was an example of him not uh, being innovative. <laughs> Uh, I'll give it. I'll give it a six. I I I enjoyed most of them. We're all over the map with the poll here. We've got a one, a couple of sixes, an eight, and a ten in the poll. Well, this seems to me to just agree, we all agree it's somewhere around five or six. Yeah. I guess, yeah. Um, now, yeah. before we move on to our fourth one, I have uh, a little something I want to share uh, as we're talking about the, the the innovation and the MacGyverisms in this episode. Um, this is mostly for you, Dan. I uh, know that you know my my nephew Carter, who's seven years old. Yes. Um, and I decided that I wanted to show him his first MacGyver scene and get his take on it. <gasps> <laughs> from so, this episode? From this episode, yes. Oh, so, I cannot wait. <laughs> so we're going to play a little uh, video uh, I made. And uh, Sam, you want to play that? Carter explains MacGyver. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. 
Uh, could you guys see that? It was a little laggy for me, but uh, I yes, that was okay, incredible. Man. I loved so I fun. loved that jack o' lantern on the milk crate on the wheelbarrow. <laughs> that was genius. Yes. And Carter has the cool confidence of MacGyver already. The only reason he can't do that is because his mom won't let him. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yes. Uh, yeah, we had a good time and Carter had a lot of opinions about it and we'll post that video on our social media for sure. Um, it was super fun. Uh, and I, he's a he's a real like uh, sort of he takes things apart and sort of innately knows how they work and all that. So it was fun to, to show him a scene. Uh, it was so great. Um, all right. We have one more question out of the four here and it is uh, 80s cool factor. That's what we're uh, <laughs> we're doing next. Uh, how cool was this? I mean, my instincts are to say 10, but let me talk this through a little bit. Let me think about it. The <laughs> hair was very 80s. The matching kind of his and her outfits mm -hmm. felt very 80s in their own way. Yeah. Um, I think I think it's taken down a few notches by the very 60s vibe of the opening gambit. True. Um, the cars weren't very 80s. I didn't see any sunglasses in this episode. The cars? Did you see the red Porsche at the beginning? There was the red Porsche. Okay, yeah. you're right. So there, that is a bit of a check and a balance there. Um what else could have been 80s or maybe more explosions, more sunglasses, a bit more. The music didn't feel very 80s to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was a lot of sax. I don't know. I feel it could have been 80s or it could have been a little bit cooler. <laughs> I like how much you're struggling with this. It's very fun. I'm going to put it. I'm going to put it at a seven, though. I'm going to put it at a seven. OK, cool. Um, I'm going lower on this one because, as you know, when there's no sunglasses, I have an issue with that. I feel like when MacGyver has his sunglasses on and his cool leather, brown leather jacket, that's yeah. like primo 80s, you know? He did have the jacket, though, and that was freaking cool that's, early on in this episode. So we had that momentarily. And then he also has other looks that I really like more, like when he's doing like the outdoorsy vest, I really like. I like when he's in a flannel. None of those looks were really hitting it for me uh this episode because uh, i right. just and he didn't take his shirt off in this one he, yeah he had his shirt on the whole time and for whatever reason the the white blouse to me didn't scream 80s um and so i think i'm i'm giving this a four for 80s okay cool. gotcha i would say that uh there are 80s elements of it, but like the blousy white shirt and the ca pleated khakis is an 80s look. It's just not like the coolest of the 80s right. looks. It's more of a conservative, I'm going to uh, Boca for a conference kind of look, <laughs> um, which, you know, isn't what we're after here. We're after like hot 80s yes. fashion. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm always kind of right in the middle, but I'm going to go with a five for this one. Um, looks like we have, oh, it, it scores pretty high with these, with the, maybe, I'll, okay, you've convinced me, audience. I'm going to give it a five and a half because uh, the audience seems to think it's cooler. We've got a six. A, yeah, we've got wow. Okay, between six, seven, eight, ten. Yeah. Um. So th that that's the four, and then we have uh, three categories that are bonus categories. If any of these things is true, it'll get an extra five points. Does he help out an oh, old cool. friend in this episode? Um, yes. Does he? I guess. I mean, I guess Pete. This well, is Pete. This he goes back. He he's clear yeah. of the mansion, and he goes back to get Pete. Right. So I I think this is the probably the first and only time we're going to be able to say that. Pete is an old friend, right? Because we know he's going to become the friend that is in every episode. Uh, does an ex-girlfriend make an appearance? No. Um, and is he detained against his will? Boy, is he detained <laughs> against his yes, will. Yes, absolutely. Uh, he get, they, uh, definitely gets points for that. So it's time to reveal the results. Out of a total possible 135 points, 
this episode receives 82 points, making it, so far, the third best episode of MacGyver we've watched. Wow. Yep. So we've What got- do you guys think about that? Have I skewed your results as a guest? Uh, oh, the guests always do. <laughs> yeah, but does it feel like the third best episode you've watched? What do you think, well, Annie, does it? So what do we have ahead of this? What we have ahead of this is uh, number two is Annie's favorite, Thief of Budapest. And mm-hmm. number one is uh, a favorite of mine, uh, Last Stand, which is the aforementioned helicopter <laughs> scene. Yes. Um, uh, so, yeah. So, uh, you know, this and behind this is Target MacGyver, um, the, the very special grandpa episode we just did. Um, so I think we're, you know. I, I'm okay with this. I'm cool I, with this. I'm not mad about it. I feel like it's up there with with those um, those episodes. And I I think I l- did like this better than the the grandpa episode. So yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure, for sure. And uh, Deanne, it's always great to have different people uh, who score things differently. Honestly, this was like the most calm moment of my week. I love this. <laughs> I love this. I really am so happy to hear that this relaxed you, <laughs> if if nothing else. <laughs> Um, thanks to everyone who joined us here. This was so, uh, fun to, to watch this with you and get all your feedback and stuff. Uh, Deanne, where can people find you on the internet and what are you up to these days and what can you plug? Oh, sure. Let's do it. So if this is coming out on October 19th, on October 22nd, I have, uh, the second of my new monthly zoom shows called Deanne Smith and acquaintances. And you can find a, a link uh, where to get that. I invite people that I don't know very well, Annie. Um, but that are no, very I, I love that because the and friends is so disingenuous. Let's <laughs> yeah, and acquaintances, quite and frankly. Acquaintances. So yeah. you can find a link uh, to get more information about that on my Twitter, Instagram, or just Google Deanne Smith and acquaintances. And I am Deanne underscore Smith pretty much everywhere. And and the most successful Deanne Smith there is. So just Google right, the name right. Deanne Smith. How does that feel? How does that feel to be the most successful one? That's so exciting. <laughs> Feels good. If the metrics are su- of success are uh, first on Google and literally right. nothing else. <laughs> nothing, yeah, exactly. nothing else and they in my are. life. You've always been good, as long as I've known you, at naming a show, naming a comedy show. Uh, it's so hard to come up with oh. good titles for comedy shows, and you always have good ideas for those. So that's my random compliment. I'm of the happy day. to hear that. Thank you. That's my uh-huh. second metric of success. Right. That in Google. <laughs> uh, that is it for this week. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe, review, and keep in touch. Our website is themacgyverpod.com, and all our socials are also themacgyverpod. If you want to watch old episodes of the show along with us, you can uh, join us for our next one of these, or uh, you can get them on CBS All Access, or you can buy them on Amazon for a buck an episode. Next week, we'll be breaking down season one, episode 13, Flames End. Take care, everybody. And remember, in the immortal words of our buddy Mac, friends Friends are are the adventures adventures of life. life. (laughs) 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 Uh, Thanks, everybody. Good night. night.